fourth fourth line center, Sidney Crosby. Has Sidney Crosby ever played on the fourth line in his life? Welcome back, everyone, to Where's My Stick? <laughs> we uh, have been gone for a little bit, but we are back. I know we say this every episode, but we are back. My name's Danielle. I'm Christy. We're going to jump right in. Uh, the last time we spoke, uh, we didn't know what was going on with Jim Montgomery, and now we do. So last Friday, um, the former Dallas Stars coach, Montgomery, released his first public comment since being fired for unprofessional conduct on December 10th. In his statement, uh, he said that he's now entering a rehabilitation center after struggling with alcohol abuse. Uh, Montgomery just described this firing as a wake-up call, but also agreed with the decision. He apologized to the team and his family for his action and is focusing on seeking help going forward. So, Christy, what are your thoughts? Okay, first, I want to say I'm happy that he's getting the hope that he needs and hopefully like with his treatment and whatever like he is fine and he's able to live a nice and healthy life now that I have gotten that out of the way uh, why did the Dallas Stars make his firing sound so ominous like if it was just like um alcohol addiction or whatever I'm just like okay okay that's relatively normal but they made it sound like he like killed someone and I was just like and we were all like wondering what happened but if that's that I guess there was an article written on defending Big D and we'll link it in the, in the show notes <laughs> um, no but we really will but yeah there was an article in there that talked about or that speculated that this isn't the first time that um, the stars had to talk to Montgomery about his um, relationship with alcohol and um, apparently he used to go into a bar that was owned by one like that was like owned by one of the owners of the Dallas Stars and would go in there and drink constantly I don't know if this is true so take this take this with a grain of salt but it said that you know that the GM of the Stars like talked to him and was like you need to stop doing this you need to reel it back get it under control and um, unfortunately, Montgomery didn't. So I think they were trying to, in their release, I think they were trying to like be respectful and just be like, listen, we're not going to talk about about it. But in that time frame, it was like so many NHL coaches were being fired for like really extremely shitty things that um, <laughs> they it just made this a bigger thing. And the fact that they didn't want to talk about it and they continued to do that just made it seem like it was a lot. Yeah. Worse than it actually was. I mean, listen, I don't know what happened or what was the situation why he that was like the straw to break the camel's back. Um, I hope no one was hurt in the situation. And like you said, Christy, I hope that, you know, I'm happy that he's getting the help he needs. I really hope this does help him and him and his family are able to move forward and mend any type of broken things that may have happened. So I like Montgomery. So this I, I my heart goes out for him and his family. With all the information that I know, I hope he sounds like a good person. So yeah. hopefully this works out for him. Yeah. It's just substance addiction is very, very tricky to track, um, to crack. So I hope it works out. 
Yeah, I agree. So, uh, yeah, the, let's go, let's like, continue on with, like, fired coaches. <laughs> the Preds <laughs> fired Peter LaViolette. They also fired associate coach Kevin McCarthy. Uh, and they fired them on the 6th of January. Um, La- LaViolette and McCarthy led the Preds to 248 wins from uh, the 2014-2015 season. Uh, this season... They were the Preds were 19, 16, and seven. That's good enough for 45 points, and that gets them to sixth in the Central Division. So, were you surprised by this firing? Um. Okay, so with Laviolette, I feel like a lot of people have been calling for him to be fired, but I also think that his situation is similar to. Pete DeBoer's in that their goalies have been really bad also. So it's like, yeah, you can change the coach, but the goalies are still not good. So it's like, unless the goalies get better, it doesn't matter who you bring in. Like the, the coach, that coach isn't gonna do well. Um, but I do think a lot of the forwards on the team have underperformed, which is like a, typical thing in Nashville that their forwards kind of underperform um and I think their defense is good I'm I don't know I don't pay attention but yeah um so the only thing that surprises me about this firing is the fact that it happened in season I just thought they wouldn't re-sign uh Laviolette because I believe his contract ends this year um and David Poyle, Nashville's GM, doesn't normally fire coaches. So in Nashville's um, tenure, like in the league, the, this Laviolette was their second coach, like coach ever. So it was just surprising that they would fire a team in season and kind of like late in season. Um, I do agree with you that I think goaltending is the majority of their problems and the lack of scoring from their forwards, but goaltending has just been outrageous. And it's not even Rene, which I don't like I don't think Rene is that good of a goalie. I mean, I know that he has the stats, but just from what I've seen, I I wouldn't think he's that good of a goalie right now. But it, the surprising part to me is that Soros isn't good this season. So it's like they're they're you know, their backup and their starter. Um, it's a little concerning, but the easiest decision is to fire the coach. So we will see how um, this progresses. They also made a hiring. They hired ex-Devils coach John Hines. And so on January 7th, the day after firing Laviolette and McCarthy, McCarthy, GM David Poyle announced that the team has named John Hines as the third head coach in franchise history. Uh, they expect the new coach to to implement a fast-playing game with an aggressive forecheck and a shot mentality with five all five guys involved in the offense. It said that Hines has 41 games to get the Predators back into a playoff spot something that he and the GM Poyle, as well as the players, feel is certainly doable, but it's going to take some work. So in this article, like obviously announcing this, the new GM hire uh, or the new coaching hire, like Heinz kind of, to me, 
his response to this was kind of like, oh, yeah, like, we definitely want to get in the playoffs and we want to, like, make some noise and this is a good team and this is a good group and we can do it. But then also, like, we need patience and, like, <laughs> it's not going to, like, happen overnight. And I'm just like, wait, these are kind of conflicting views. So is this going to happen or is it not? But I just think it'll be really interesting. I was surprised that John Hines got the call. I didn't yeah. really think that he would be the next coach from Nashville. Out of all the coaches that have been fired this season, he's the only one that has been fired, well, because of his, like, cocky. <laughs> like, like Mike Babcock. <laughs> he was fired because he was abusive. Phil Peters, abusive. Well, I guess Pete DeBoer, but... I was going to say Babcock got fired because his hockey was bad. Like, he just wouldn't listen to the GM. A little, a little bit, yeah, a little bit both. But then, after, like, I feel like after all that stuff came out, he wasn't going to get fired. Um, the one thing I will say is that, like you said, I think Peter DeBoer is a good coach, and I would like to see him get hired. But just, it's the same guys, same dudes getting hired for this. And so I'm not excited about this. To be honest, why would I? I'm not a Nashville fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh I like uh Nick Benino and that's it. So... Oh, I always forget he's on my team. No, it hurt. It pains me cuz I love him and Mace. Love them. So, we will stick with kind of the well not kind of, we will. <laughs> the Dallas and Nashville theme and talk about uh the Winter Classic. Did you watch the Winter Classic, Chrissy? I did. Well, you're like like one of the few that did watch the Winter Classic because NBC released the television ratings for the 2020 Winter Classic. Um, that was obviously be- between the Dallas Stars and the Nashville Pre- Predators. And um, they said it was disappointing because the game drew only 1.9 million viewers nationally. A 1 million drop from last year's game and the lowest viewership of the Winter Classic ever. <laughs> However, I, I think, like, you know, the, to give some context, you know, the Winter Classic was, this Winter Classic was the second highest attended game in NHL history. So it wasn't really, like, watched, but tons of people came. Yeah. And it looked really fun. It did look really fun. And the Winter Classic was the most watched regular season game on NBC Sports in both of the targeted markets, so Dallas and Nashville. I love the idea of this game, the fact that it was two non-traditional markets. It was in the South. It was in Big D. Like, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I, know, I feel like people are making this Winter Classic or the lack of, like, TV ratings, um, making it a big deal. But I think they're still, like, it still was really successful. And I feel like for the outdoor games, it's only big if it's, like, in the area. Like, you know, if you normally don't watch a Dallas Stars game, why would you watch it? Like, because hockey's kind of like, it's not really like, a, oh, let me turn on and see who's watching or who's playing and watch it unless you're like a huge hockey fan. Like normally hockey fans are just fans of their team. So if their team's not playing, then they're not going to watch the game. Oh. Yeah, hockey is a very like niche thing. Yeah. And it's like very rare that you find like fans who like just like like watching hockey so they'll watch any game so we did find out that 
the 2020 or the 2021, I can't even believe that the next year is 2021. The 2021 Winter Classic will be held in Minnesota and the Wild will host, which is pretty interesting because the Wild are bad. But, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, who they play. I just pray it's not like the Blackhawks. Um, but like, who would they play? I feel like Winnipeg would be a good one. Yeah, aren't they like rivals? Yeah, kind of. Ah, uh, and then oh my gosh, the like Blake Wheeler in his hometown. <gasps> yeah, I would. I would like that. Oh, that's a good one. Who else is in the Central Division? I wouldn't. I think I I've seen some people say the Avs, and I think that would be a good game just because the Avs are a fun, exciting team, and I think that would be like a cool team to like preview. I wouldn't watch it, but I think that would be like you know non hockey fans that just flip on and see it. They would. I'm just thinking about like the colors, and Uh, I think those colors would clash. Probably. I mean, here's the thing. I like your idea of the Jets playing it. Yeah, so. yeah. It should be the Jets. It won't be though. <laughs> it won't be. Yeah, because um, those those ratings. I would watch. Yeah, I would watch obviously. Real quick, if you could pick a winter classic and you could pick two teams that you want, who would it be? It doesn't have to be on like ratings. Can be or any, anything. yeah, it could be any two teams that you want. I want to see like the two Florida teams because. Those are, those games get low key like heated. Yeah, yeah. Any interstate rival would be a good one. Yeah, I don't want. I can't watch the Penguins Flyers again. Oh my God, they had two. <laughs> Babe, I think that's enough. No, I I definitely agree. But it's um. Who I like. I I had a really good time when I went to the Flyers one. Um. It was just so much, like, no, 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 I'm not even talking about, like, the outcome of the game, just winter classic games or, like, outdoor games are very, very fun. Mm -hmm. Like, I went to the Caps when they played the Leafs um, in in Maryland, or in, yeah, Maryland, and that was really fun, so. Maybe a Buffalo, well, if Buffalo was better, a Buffalo-Toronto one would be cool. Yeah, yeah, I would like to see that. I think that would be mine. Okay. I would never go. It's too far. It's like 10 hours away from you. (laughs) You can fly there. You're fine. Tell tell Drake to to fly you out. (laughs) All right. So, World Juniors has come to an end. And the results were Canada won gold. uh, Russia won silver. And Sweden won bronze. (laughs) USA was, like, not great. Uh, I think they were, like, Uh in sixth place and the MVP was the their first overall pick for for this year. How do you say his name? Alexia Lafreniere? Uh, Alexis Lafreniere? Maybe. Anyway, I don't I don't know how to pronounce his <laughs> name, but I hope that he gets drafted to the the Red Wings. So What happened to America? Like what happened with them? I feel like all their players have been drafted or they're highly touted and it kind of seems like they low-key high-key collapse yeah you know i think with um 
the USA, I've seen a lot of people saying this, and I, I tend to agree. I think a lot of the issues with uh, Team USA was that they just, the coaching staff made some really weird lineup and line and pairing decisions. Um, just for instance, like there's a prospect, Bobby Brink, that I was really focusing on, um, and he just, he was doing really well in the third line, but got dropped to the fourth line for some reason. And even just like Keandre's usage, um, Matthias or Matthias Samuelson's usage, Cam York's usage. I just really didn't think that they really, they used the players in the, in the correct way. It was just really weird matching up. And even the defense just didn't seem good. And, it's it's disheartening because USA has really good prospects, and I think that they could have gone farther in this tournament, but they just weren't used to the best of their ability. I don't want to say that it's all on coaching because at the end of the day, you know, some of these players need to, you know, you need you need your your guys to step up when they can, especially in international tournaments. But the last game against Finland, they were held off the score sheet, and I just that's just not how this team is. And I know a lot of people were making a big deal because Cole Caulfield didn't really have his breakout year or his breakout tournament. Um, but Cole Caulfield is a very good player and I've been watching him at, um, university of Wisconsin. So it's just, I I just don't feel like the the players were utilized to the best of their ability. Like Alex Turcotte was used in a, like more of a defensive shutdown role, which he did excel at. I thought he did a really good job at that, but you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's something you you want to do. You want to have him do, but yeah, I, that that's just kind of what I saw from that. Sucks that like it's like if America doesn't win, I would kind of want like one of the European teams to win. So it kind of sucks that it was Canada. Yeah, I absolutely agree. There is a. Russian prospect by the name of Igor Zamula, who's on Team Russia, and I was just Mm -hmm. hoping, like, once USA got knocked out, I was just hoping he would win, and it was so crushing to see that they lost to Canada, especially them being up, but as much as I dislike Canada, Canada does have some good prospects. We all know Kaylin Addison, who is a Penguins prospect, who has three assists in that game, the game, game against Russia. He played really well, so that was good to see. Akil Thomas had the game-winning goal in that game, so I mean he's a Kings Aww. prospect, but that that always he'll always have a piece of my heart. Um, as well as Dil- Dylan Cousins, he had the game tying game or the game tying goal. Um, he's the Sabres prospect who I really like, so I was happy for some of the Canadian boys, but just the team as a whole, I was kind of just disappointed that you know, like you said. If USA couldn't win it, then a European team, the groups for next year. Um, it's Group A, Canada, Finland, Slovakia, Germany, Switzerland. Group B, Russia, Sweden, USA, Austria, and Czech Republic. So, unfortunately, ah. the U.S. didn't give themselves any help, and they're still in, like, a really tough group. So, we will see. I know there'll be some returning players. Hopefully, Cam York and Bobby Brink will be for Team USA. And maybe Cole Caulfield and Alex Turcotte. Trevor Zagras, who had a really good tournament for Team USA. Um, The last time I checked, he had like nine assists. So, I mean, he's an Anaheim Ducks prospect. So, you hate to see it, but you also love to see it because it's Team USA. So, yeah. I mean, a lot to, you know, it, it was disappointing, but... Um, I still love those kids, so I can't be too mad. They're just children. They are. 
So <laughs> let's move on to the All-Star Game. So we found out recently that Jari and Chris Letang are going to be All-Stars for the Penguins. That's exciting. It is. Interesting. So it was sad to see, like, you know, obviously Jake got hurt, so Chris Letang took his spot. And then Corpusalo from the Blue Jackets got hurt. So he's unable to go to the All-Star game, but, and now Jory, Jari's taking his spot. It should have been Jari and From the beginning. Together. Yeah, like, I, the, when they were, like, the about Chris Letang, the last man in, I was like, did Jari, like, say no? Did he, did y'all ask him? <laughs> and he just said no. <laughs> so. Um, I'm surprised Chris didn't say no. <laughs> like, is he that exhausted? <laughs> but he probably loves it because he brings his son and he's probably going to bring his daughter and they're going to be in the little locker rooms being literal angels There's his children are beautiful they, they look like twins but like angel little twins dolls. yeah they look like dolls so is there anyone else that got voted into uh, like the all star game that you are excited for or not I guess not voted in but um is there anyone that's an all-star that you're excited for well Anthony DeClaire Haitian Prince <laughs> oh, I'm very excited for him <laughs> oh my gosh I, for a second I thought you meant Matt Duchesne <laughs> what <laughs> for a second I thought you meant Matt Duchesne and I was gonna be like what my bad. <laughs> I mean, hey, I don't know where he's from, but you know declare Haitian Prince. Uh, <laughs> um, I didn't realize it was Freddie Anderson's first. Freddie Anderson? Yeah, it's his first one. Oh, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I um, I thought this year was like there was a lot of firsts. There's a lot of new people. I mean, there's still the same old, same old going, but there's a lot of new people like Travis Konechny, which is exciting. Um, Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> this game, like, it's going to be boring, but, like, I'm excited. It is. Like, some of the people that are on here are, like, boring, but I know that, like, Kachuk is there and Patterson is there, so it should be fun. I wish Line was voted in, but. I don't know how Line wasn't the, the choice for the Jets. Um, Shively's having a really good year. I mean, when it, is he not? To be honest. For the Jets, in terms of, like, who's having the best year, it would be uh, Hellebuck, Shy, Ehlers, then Line. Ehlers? Really? Yeah, Ehlers is doing really, really well. Who is he playing with? I have no idea. <laughs> I think he's been on the, the second line, so whoever centering that second line. Because Line A has been with Shifley. That I do know. Yeah, I do. I I, I, I did peep that. Well, you know, um, is this Hellebuck's first, first year? I think it might be his second. Okay. Okay. Well, oh, poor Blake can't bring his kids, but he needs his rest. <laughs> He's so Aww. handsome. Wait, wait, wait. Who do you think was snubbed? Um, like who do you think should have been? I mean, obviously, I think Lionel should have been on there. Um, 
I think, no, I, I guess you can't really say it. I wish that Darlene was on there. I don't know if the players that I want are snubbed or I just wanted them on there. So I don't really know. I mean, hey, they're an all-star in Europe. Absolutely. Like, Darlene, he's had a rough beginning of the season, but I think that he's getting it back together, like, back on track. And I just like when Jack has someone else there. Like, it just, I feel like he's more, ha- like, he's ready to have fun and, like, I'm ready to have fun, and I just love that. Like I'm. He's gonna be with all his friends. Like, are they like, his friends? Like, I don't Claire, like them. I go Jack. Use Kachuk. Like, where's Noah Hannafin? You know. He's not that good. He's not, but so I like Jones when him and Jack there, are together. That's... Yeah, I know you do. It's embarrassing. Um. Okay. So, what's your opinion on the jerseys? They're ugly. <laughs> there was nothing that you liked about them. No, look like a like a like you know those pajama sets. They look like the top <laughs> part. Maybe I actually didn't mind them. See, the thing about the All Star jerseys is that they're just too expensive. But if they weren't that expensive, I would buy. I would buy them. Like I think the Penguins one is really cute. I like that. Um, I like the white and black. I think that's kind of fun. Um, yeah. I think the white ones look better though. Than yeah. The yeah. Yeah. I would. I would get the white ones. Well, you can't get a white jersey because it's gonna get dirty so quickly. Oh. Yeah. The, the white ones look so much better. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I just think that they just get dirty. Okay, so sticking with the All-Star theme, and an article just came out recently, and it was talking about players' participation in the All-Star game, so Bill Daly. Um, he said that he's a little concerned about players' participation. Um, he told, he was on ESPN on Ice, the podcast this week, and he said, I will... I was the first to defend Alex Ovechkin's decision last year to take a year off because he's been fabulous in terms of helping the league and promoting the sport, including the all-star event every year. He said last year he was more willing to look the other way on something like this, but two years in a row is probably something we need to address with the players association. So it doesn't become a trend. He continued to say, I don't think that the answer to every problem is to look to discipline, um, that's never been Gary Bettman's style. It's never been the league style. <laughs> that's not what we're looking to do. But we want to make sure that everybody understands that this is an important event, not something that should be bypassed lightly. We'll seek the help with the NHLPA and instilling that sentiment with the players. What's your opinion on this? Um, I... I think I, like, I agree in that, like, it looks bad on the NHL that, like, one of their star players keeps getting voted into the All-Star game, and yet he continually, like, he doesn't go. So it's just, like, it look, it it's not a good look. I think that in order to kind of have the players actually want to go, they need to make it more fun for the players. I don't fun for them. I don't know what have to do to make it more fun. Because I feel like the Enster game, like, the players actually want to go and they have fun. So maybe instead of doing, like, a 
But you know how they do all four divisions, maybe doing like East versus West and actually like hyping it up more or something and not making it be like a full game game, but still something that's fun. I don't know. So I actually don't agree with him. I think that I think that the NHL and and his comments just seem so greedy because here the players don't care about anything besides making the playoffs. They want a chance to win to to play in the Stanley Cup finals and to win the Stanley Cup. That's their goal. But the, the the league puts so many obstacles in front of that goal. And they just blatantly don't care about the players. They're like, oh, what do you want? You like to go to the Olympics? You like to rep your team or your country and have that pride? No, we're not going to let you do that because it's in the middle of our season. But you know what we are going to do? We're going to throw this fucking all-star game in the middle of it that has, it means nothing. You it's you can't play full out because you don't want to get hurt. It's in the middle of your, your season. That's 82 games long. If the season was maybe a little bit shorter um, and the players were actually able to get a break in between the season, uh, in the middle of the season, I would, I could maybe understand it. But like, I just feel overall, like the league doesn't care about its players. So why should the care, the players care about making the league making money? Like Ovi has done his time. For you to sit here and say that Ovi is a problem, like, this is a problem, like, oh, my God, he skipped two in a row. Like, this man has made you money for over a decade. Maybe if I think back on it, what is it, 15 years? Because he came in in 2005 with Sid. Like, yeah. he can miss a couple All-Star games, like, for sure. He's he's <laughs> he's done his time. Like, if this was Connor McDavid and you were like, what the F? Like, and he was like, nah, man, I'm bound out, like. I could un- maybe understand it, but it's Ovi. And then for you to sit here and say, well, we don't want to do discipline. You've always disciplined your players when they didn't want to go to the game. You've always done it. So, like... I mean, but they don't discipline their players when it comes to literally anything else. So I so, see what he's saying there. I mean, yeah, maybe. That's very true. But they discipline them for stuff that does that might not... That might, like, cost the NHL money. And I think that's bullshit. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I have a very, like, bad view of the NHL and Commissioner Bettman and Bill Daly because of the way they handle a lot of things. But I just think this is, like, how dare you try to act like the All-Star game is super important. When, like, you, they just came out and said that they wouldn't even consider, like, there, was, there most likely won't be a World Cup because of, because of like whatever stuff like they won't let the players go do the world cup they won't let the players go to the olympics but you know what's important the all-star game and they made the all-star game less fun like remember john scott we can't vote whoever we want in it has to be through whatever the yeah. nhl wants so they take fun away from us and the players all the time what they deserve to get something taken away from them so i, I kudos to you alex ovechkin you're like what um like 34 and you want to spend time with your kid? I completely understand it. I have no fault. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. And it's just like, oh, he has a kid now. He he would rather have the weekend off. But I do think that, like, it's a, 
it is I think it is a bad look to, to have like your players that that's voted into like the all star game is supposed to be like an honor to be like voted in or whatever. And like he's just like I would rather not. I do think that's like a bad look and I think that that is a sign that the NHL needs to probably think of a different way to make this fun or exciting for players or else it's this is gonna keep happening and it's not gonna stop at OV. See, that's the thing that I like. That's the thing where I ha- I've see like I have a problem with because it's like, oh, the also like he was voted in. Like, well, no, he wasn't. He was like one of the ones that was picked. He was voted to be a captain. Like you pre-picked people and then you told us to vote about who's gonna be a captain. So you really didn't leave it up to us. You did whatever you wanted and. Like, they, I just don't, like, it's kind of like with a business and, like, corporations and, you know, if you don't treat your employees well, why would you expect your employees to treat you well? Yeah. Like, I, it's kind of like, I mean, this is completely different, but the, that saying, like, happy wife, happy life. Like, if you keep your players happy, they'll do shit that they don't want to do. That's just how it is. It's like the, the all-star game is like a, a ping pong table that, like, a corporation brings into the office to be like, oh... We have fun here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, it's like, all right, you guys have to bring your own ping pong balls. Ping pong balls. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> don't you have to work a 70-hour work week. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. But make sure you play ping pong so we can put on our social media. You guys are having fun. Right. Like, these people are exhausting. So, I don't know. So, moving on to the Penguins. We talked about it before, but we haven't... Um, like officially discussed it, but yeah, Jake Kensel's out four to six weeks or four to six months, months, four to six months. That sucks. That really does suck. I was like extremely terrified when he got hurt because what are they going to do without Jake? I know. He's been so consistent for them. So consistent. They say that he hasn't, he hasn't missed a game since like, this two years ago um, when he played against the or when he didn't play against the Ranger because Sullivan scratched him. <laughs> but ever since then he's played every game. <laughs> he's like, I never want to be scratched again. He never, and he never was. Good boy. Um, but some good news is that Sid is practicing with the team and he most likely will be back against the game um, or back in the game against the Avs, maybe? We'll see. I mean, the whole, his whole, like, progression has been so, like, back so, and forth. So like, sketchy. So it, was like, it was like, yeah, I was skating out with them. I was skating with them, but, you know, it wasn't a full practice, so we'll see. <laughs> and he was like, this has literally nothing to do, like, me being out there has no, nothing to do with the team. Like, he was like, this is the only time I can get on the ice. I was like, you're on, you're like, in, like on like the away team's ice. Why are you Even here? Like, I was skating to them, and we were running drills. <laughs> he was like, you were skating on the line, like you were skating on the top line. But no, 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 that doesn't count. We're like, Sid, why were you taking? Why were you practicing no. with, on the power play? Like crickets, nothing. For fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so hopefully, Sid is coming back soon. Um. The team really needs him. I'm just so nervous with, like, without Sid and Jake. It, it makes me nervous, like, when the team's playing without Sid and Gino. It just makes me nervous because... 
I don't know. Just I don't like their chances. They've been holding. They've been holding on though. They have. So currently they are twenty six, twelve, and five with fifty seven points, and that's good enough for third in the metro. And to be honest, they're tied with the Islanders, but the Islanders um, have just have one more win, which is like obviously the win against the Pens that pushes them above them, which makes me want to drink bleach. I think you'll be okay. I mean, that's really not for you to say. <laughs> so, wh- how and why do you think the Pens are still winning, Christy? I think... I think, like, coaching... Because I don't think they've gone out and got anyone, like, extra special. I think they've really, like, bought into everything that Sully has been saying and they've been good and and like that's all well and good but really it's been it's also been Jari yes like they bought in and Jari okay I I don't know if I necessarily agree with the they bought in scheme Maybe it's because, like, you know, I don't like to give Mike Sullivan that much credit. Like, I want to keep him humble. Is it Um, because he's an Aquarius? No, no, I I just think that, you know, a lot of it, a lot of my concerns with Mike Sullivan, especially last season, was I felt like he didn't adjust the style that he wanted them to play with, like, the people Mm -hmm. that he had. But this year, it does seem to work. I do think that the defensive structure of the game is a lot better, and maybe that has something to do with team buying in, or that, you know, players are put in better positions. Like, I really like Jared McCann as a center. And a lot of the time last season, he was playing playing as a winger, still playing very well, because I loved him up with Crosby. I liked when he played with Malkin. Um, But I just really like Jared McCann as a center. Teddy Bluger is someone that came up and just has thrived in this system. And that line of Teddy Bluger, Zach Aston Reese, and Brandon Tanev. But yeah, that line um, has just been so good defensively and so good at like shutting top lines down that it really has, I wouldn't say that it has supplemented Crosby's line, but I think that it has help keep the pens afloat against like they're, you know, putting Malkin out against maybe not the top line or the best line, or just using that line to combat another team's uh, second line. But I just think that they have played really well together. They've come out of nowhere. Can we, uh, it wouldn't be right to continue talking about how good this team has been. If we don't bring up uh, John Marino, he's just been, incredible i like i don't know how like who is this kid how is he he is nothing absolutely nothing and the fact that he's not even on the the third pair like he is solidified that second pair i i mean i i really like him with petterson i actually do have a few issues surprise surprise with the chris letang um Jack Johnson pairing, uh, Jesse Marshall came out with a new, or just like an article just addressing that pairing, and I really don't like it together, but you've seen like kind of the flaws in Letang's game with Dumoulin out, and I think that's fair to say. I think, you know, now 
the more we've seen this pairing together, I think it's it's very equal that they both help each other. They both are at their best when they're paired together. So it's not surprising to see that Latang isn't doing as good with Dumoulin out. But I just it's kind of it's really hard. Like I think about it with the defense. Like what are you gonna do? Who else would you put in there? Because you have Ruido and Ricola as the bottom pair that Sullivan prefers mm. to shelter. Like he shelters the mess out of those two. So. I mean, really, what are you going to do? Which is understandable. Which is understandable. I mean, I would like to see maybe a Pedersen, Johnson, um, Latang, Marino switch up, but that's, like, not that big of a deal when the Pens are continuing to win. Um, I don't know if you watched last night's or the, the last game against the Knights. I was terrified because the Pens were up, but they looked horrible. <laughs> they were just so bad. Like, I mean, they obviously were scoring, but like, they had like I think twelve shots in the first two periods, which is just oh yeah, nice. they were not like it. Jari, like you said, put this team on his back and got the the Penza win, which he continues to do a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. With that said, are there any concerns that you've seen so far with this team? I mean, I think I kind of, like, bum-rushed and, and told mine already, but what about you? I think in terms of, like, when there are teams that are so, like, used to having a bunch of injuries and there's always people coming in and out of the lineup, I guess I'm kind of, I always get a little bit nervous about, like, what does happen when Sid gets back? Like, they've been, <laughs> n- like, like not, like, working at a deficit, but, like, Sid is a big, like, missing piece, and, like, they've been making it work without him. And, like, I feel like they're, well, this is how I project my feelings. I feel like they're so, like, okay, like, we're making it work, and now, like, Sid's back. Like, he's, like, a wrench, like, a good wrench, but, like, he's a wrench in, like, yeah. what they've been doing. And now we have to move people around to make Sid fit. And it's just like, what's that going to do to everybody else? Yeah, no, I completely get where you're coming from. I think that's, <laughs> that's like an interesting part because I've seen people say like, oh, somewhere, like someone somewhere is like, oh, how's Sid going to, like, Sid's going to mess up the chemistry of the team, which like, sometimes I think that because like, especially with the Malkin Gensler Russ line. And I'm just like, I was literally like one of those people that were like, don't touch, don't touch that line. Like, don't like, it's perfect. It's beautiful. Don't touch it. But that is an interesting part. Like when Sid comes back, like, obviously you think that he's going to definitely help the power play. Um, but where do you put him? Where do you put him? Because I don't know. And he does, yeah. and he does. He's not gonna have Jake. Yeah, he's not gonna have Jake. That'll be interesting. If he gets Brian Russ, I he's will drive have... to Pittsburgh and punch something and someone. They may. I think. I think the lot logical choice would be to put McCann on his wing, and maybe like one of the Dominics. See, I just think that's so unfair. I think that McCann has done so well at center. And I think that you find, yeah, I mean, I I think you put McCann as the 3C. Because we don't know when Bukestad will be back. 
obviously he's skating with Sid. I know we didn't talk about him, but he is skating with Sid and Sullivan was saying that he's happy with the progress that he's made so far. So he should be coming back soon. Um, but I think, okay, so I think you keep, that's hard because like, so right now the first line is Cahoon, Malkin, Rust. Mm-hmm. Then, so then you put like, obviously you put Dominic Simone with Sid. And then who do you put as that winger? <laughs> I don't just don't have enough so if people. you don't want to do I don't think he has good chemistry with literally anyone else well Brendan Tanev <laughs> was doing well on that on his wing for a few games I think sure but then we lose that Bluger yeah. they need a nickname for this line the Bluger Reese Tanev line I don't know I like I think... okay go ahead Moving McCann is going to be the easiest thing to do. No. I know. And who's the 3C? Bluger. Like it has been. So then who's on the fourth line? Um, Lafferty? Agostino? Is he still up? Yeah, I think. But I think he just played against Vegas. I don't think that he... um, is someone that's actually going to play when Sid comes back. <sighs> this this is interesting. I... <laughs> Hold I'm on. Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Okay, so like, what is going to happen with Alex Galchenyuk? Oh. Okay. So let's look, let's think of this realistically, okay? Hmm? So as of right now, you have... Cahoon, Malkin, Rust, Simone, McCann, Hornquist, Zach Aston, Reese, Bluger, Tanev, and Tanev, and then you have Alex Galchenyuk, Sam Lafferty, and Crosby. Line, see how well he does. You know, I just think trying, you gotta like... ease him in. You gotta ease him in. You can't... <laughs> <laughs> you can't be like, oh my god, I like what? Like, fourth, what? fourth line center, Sydney Crosby. Has Sydney Crosby ever played on the fourth line in his no, life? No, uh, no, we never, <laughs> never. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I think you're first right. Time for, first time for everything. I think you're right. The easiest thing would be to move Jared McCann, which I hate. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you right. I hate it. Um, or Hornquist could be one of his wingers, but I don't like Hornquist with that much. The easiest thing to do is to take, to give Sid McCann's wingers. Yeah. And then you see, then it'll be, it would be Galchenyuk, McCann, and Lafferty. I don't know about that. Like, that's so messed up. Jared McCann deserves better. <laughs> he deserves so much. is great. But see, okay, so the last, I'm talking about Lafferty. The I... last, um, the last game against the Knights, Malkin's line got demolished for, like, Corsi 4. Like, 10 goals for, I mean, 10 shots for and 23 against. 
Ooh. So I don't know if that because like think of, you have to think about it in the context where Malkin's line was out with the top pair, which was Latang and Jack Johnson. So I think mm-hmm. that also adds to it. But the fact that Vegas's top line was really good, and mm-hmm. you know I love Dominic Dominic Cahoon, Dominic Cahoon, but I don't think that he is one of the best wingers on the team. Um, So I I just, I don't, I wonder if that line stays together when Sid comes back. I just, I do wonder about that. But I don't think that you can move Brian Rust from from Malkin's line. No. In good faith. So, yeah. I'm on on daily face-off, hence we only have four green forwards. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Who are they? Who are they? I think you can guess. Malkin, Russ, McCann, and Hornquist. Oh my god, not even Dominic's Dominic's Cahoon? Cahoon is yellow, so he's not that bad. What's um, But he's with Russ and Malkin. He's red. (laughs) Come on. Who did this man he have respect? (laughs) I don't think someone's on his radar. So, all right, two last questions. Uh, do you think the Pens will trade Galchenyuk? I've seen people talk about it. There's been some whispers. There's been some articles written about it. I can I can see it, but, like, his value is so low. I think it's just easier to not resign him. Yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think that they will um, trade him just because they want the cap space, I think. Because as of right now... Neither Dumoulin or Gensel are on LTIR, so they still ha- they still count against the cap. Um, so I wonder if if Rutherford does anything um, tricky with that to be able to give himself some room to be able to acquire someone at the deadline. But I think with Galchenyuk, he just really like I it was like blaringly glaringly obvious that when um, Jake got hurt, he got pushed up to play with Malkin and obviously we knew it wasn't going to work out because they didn't have chemistry in the beginning of the season so why would they now but (laughs) they still tried it and then the next game they switched Cahoon they put or in the middle of that game they put Cahoon with Malkin they started to have a little bit of chemistry or success and then the next game uh Sullivan said oh no you know we were just trying something out we just thought that that line started having success that's why we moved Alex but that Alex, it wasn't a demotion. And then we find out that Alex is on the fourth line. And he's been played on the fourth line since then. So I think that Sullivan's kind of given up on him. And once Sullivan's given up on him, Ruther- right. Rutherford is, like, quick to move. It's frustrating because I feel like this is, like, Der- the Derek Broussard thing all over again. And I just hate that the people that we love just never end up having success with the Penguins. And then, like, random people have success. Shot. That's so sad. All right. Last question that we have is um do you think that the penguins will make a will add a piece at the deadline? You don't have to tell me who, but do you just think they will? I think they will. I don't think um I I don't think Jimmy can resist. Yeah. No, he definitely Jimmy definitely can't resist. <laughs> but uh I think that um I just hope it's it's a player, like an impactful player. I think mm-hmm. right now he really can't mess up because the this team is like really, I think this team is very special right now. So 
he has to get someone who actually will help and fits in with the room so he doesn't mess with the chemistry, which is hard to do. Um, I'll admit that, but yeah, he just can't mess this one up. Like the whoever he gets has to work out and has to help this team for the better. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure, Jim. We put out a tweet saying that we were recording tonight and our friends at Saucy Rockets, a hockey podcast. If you're listening to us, you obviously are listening to them. But we have to say, if you're not listening to them, please do. They're two fantastic women that are so knowledgeable about hockey, playing hockey, watching hockey, evaluating hockey. And they talk about women's hockey a lot, which I love listening to them to get the updates on what's going on with them. But anyway, they asked, Jari, hot streak or here to stay? I think this is it. Like maybe not like first in the NHL, like every like <laughs> like in every statistic. But I think this is what I think this is why we held on to him for so long and they didn't trade him when people were low key begging them to. I think that Jimmy did try to trade him and nobody wanted him. Ugh. But you know what? I'm thankful. I I don't know. I'm so hesitant to say that he's here to stay because goaltending is so tumultuous. Like sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. We don't really know. But I think that he's here to stay for the rest of the season. Um, Beyond the season, I have no idea. But Tristan has always been a very good goalie. And I mean, he was drafted in the second round. He has skill, and I think that this is only this run that he's on is only helping him and his development and just his confidence. So I personally want to say he's here to stay, but we all know how goaltending is. So I wouldn't be surprised if next season he's down in the AHL because the Penguins are just toxic. <laughs> that wraps it up for us. In today's episode, thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate you guys sticking with us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. You can always find the podcast on any podcasting site. If you have a favorite one that we're not on, just let us know and we will try to get on there as soon as possible. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.